Hey everybody, this is Sir Charles Carey, a peak performance strategist. Mindset is the answer. But today I want to talk to you about something a little bit different. If you are an entrepreneur and if you really see the value in what you do as an entrepreneur, you want to share it on Anchor. Look, Anchor is a great place to do your podcast. Uh, It interfaces with other mediums, other platforms, which spreads your message wide and far. Not only that, your content can be uploaded quick and in a hurry. I mean, literally, if you're thinking about something you've never, uh, you know, shared with anyone, you can load it up on Anchor and share it with the world immediately. Uh, One other thing about Anchor I can tell you, it's a quality platform where you can edit, you can add music, you can trim your content. There's just so many advantages of using Anchor. And before you know it, I'm sure people will love to hear what you have to say. Just like I talk about it in my keynotes and in my workshops, someone is always waiting to hear your story the way you tell it. Take care. Sir Charles Carey. Radiate the brain and change the game with Anchor. And one in comes the intro. What's up? What's up? What's going on, folks? How y'all doing? Today is another day. I'm grateful for it. And we've got a great show for you today. Uh, my good friend, mi amiga, Ana Palanco Hernando. So <laughs> she is going to lay it on you straight up. Um, we're going to have a conversation, though. Let's keep it real. We're just going to talk like we always do. Talk about this, talk about that. And we want to find out what's her come up story. You know, I believe that everyone has a come up story. Uh, it's just that some of us don't know how to tell it. Some of us aren't comfortable with it, but it's in there. And uh, if you let it, it can come to the surface. So for those of you that are watching in real time, we want to encourage you to ask questions, make comments, uh, whatever it is. Nothing is out of bounds. And uh, welcome to the show, Anna. And I would be remiss if I don't address Kay Fit, my co-partner, co-host, Hey, babe, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? It's all good. It's all good. So, Anna, thanks for joining us. Thank you for giving us some of your time, your personal time. Welcome to the show. How's it going today? Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and to definitely meet your lovely co-host and counterpart. I'm loving what she's rocking, that red lipstick. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm doing good. Doing really well. It's a it's a, another hot day here in Texas. <laughs> I heard that. Listen, folks, you know, Anna and I, we go back a few years. We have gone to some of the same conferences. We've worked with some of the same mentors and coaches, and uh, we're kind of in the same industry. We're just doing a little bit different things within the industry. I do a little coaching. She does probably a whole lot more. Um, and uh, I mean, we're going to find out a little bit more about Anna. So Anna, Tell us first and foremost what it is that you do. Currently, because right, we all have multiple hops. Um, currently, I'm working as a coach for occupational therapists. I'm a national board certified occupational therapist. And um, starting last year, I started coaching them more along the lines with, um, I, I call it wellness coaching for them. But if you ask them, it's going to be more business coaching. Uh, it's really why are they unhappy or Mm. not feeling fulfilled and how do we find that out and how do we go get that you know and that's really what occupational therapists do in general we help people find that meaningful satisfying purposeful activity in occupation so that they can have a you know awesome life okay okay Uh, how long how long have you been in that that field or as one of the things that you do, how long have you been doing that? Um, well, coaching them has been in the last year and a half over the, you know, pretty much when the pandemic started, it kind of moved that way. But prior right. to that, I was doing uh, more wellness coaching um, for people in general. Um, people, you know, the typical kind of thing, uh, mostly women 
wanting to lose weight and how do I do that? And of course, okay. everybody approaches it the same way. And we look at, we do things differently with me. It's, it's anything that you do. And you know this from your work with the brain. It's really, what is your belief system? Yeah. What are your habits? And what is that environment that you exist in? And you have to change all of them in order to be successful. Will you allow me to unscrew your brain and rewire <laughs> it just a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So now you are uh, in Texas. And mm -hmm. are you originally a Texan or no? Um, sadly, I, I kind of call myself a gypsy. My dad the military. So we moved around a lot. So I was actually born in Texas. Okay. And I lived here for like 18 months or so and then moved and then came back in my third grade year for a couple of months and then moved and then came back my sophomore year of high school was um, with my was in all this was in El Paso was in El Paso for like two and a half years then start left to go to college but in texas so i've been in texas since uh whatever 10th grade i got is. you i got you it's yeah. all right it's yeah. all right well you know um my co-host k fit she does a lot of the driving and i just jump in and jump off so i'm gonna ask her to uh hit you with some questions and see how you respond to them and uh and the process hopefully people get to know a little bit more about you so k fit if you are ready let's roll Yes, so I'm so happy to meet you. And this is like one of my favorite questions I ask everybody. I love this question. I wish somebody asked me this question. So I'm gonna go ahead and just ask you. So if you could have a conversation with your 18 year old self and give yourself advice, what would you tell the 18 year old you? Oh, I heard you ask this question a couple of times before for other guests and um, yeah, let's see. It would probably be um, appreciate the pause. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Appreciate the pause, and uh, I've learned that with uh, many of our mentors, right, Charles? Charles yes. And, and and when speaking, because that's kind of where Charles and I connected. We we've done a lot of um, speaking coaches and. Um, working with the same coaches on that end and in yep. conferences. And it's always, you know, appreciate, you know, enjoy the pause and, yep, and that's right. recognize that. And so that would probably be what it would be for my 18 year old self. I would look back at that, that person and um, to say, you know, appreciate the pause. There's the pause is important. Reflection is important. And um, we've gotten away from that as a society. Like, you know, you're like, if somebody were, if you were like, what's the matter with you? And you were to look at them and be like, well, I'm going to reflect. They probably think that you were going to go, you know, smoke a joint or you're right, going right, to go, right? right? Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to reflect. I need, I need to reflect. And um, it's definitely that we need to, this, and so for me, I think the pandemic is very, well, I think everything is divine. So the pandemic right. was too, because it caused people to reflect and pause. Yeah. In, Am I living my life on purpose? Mm. Am I am I living fulfilled? Am I living satisfied? Am I contributing in a meaningful way? Yeah. And people found out that they weren't. They were seen, mm -hmm. but not living. And and literally having the whole world pause caused us to have an opportunity to reflect and be okay with it. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you're saying that because as, as you're saying that, you know, are you basically, are you living or are you existing? And I think a lot of people are so frustrated with, which I understand naturally, but they're so frustrated with the pandemic because they are forced in many cases to reflect. Because if mm -hmm. you can't do this and you can't do that, that means that wide scope of looking everywhere and doing everything has been pushed to almost having blinders. And you have to sometimes look within. And I know some of us crazy ones like Anna and probably, probably myself, we don't mind reflection and looking within. But some people don't want to look within because there are things on the inside that are very uncomfortable. And I understand that. Not to mm -hmm. mock uh, anyone's experience. 
but sometimes you're forced to come to terms with who you really are and what you've gone through as we have people saying good evening everyone good evening those of you that are watching if you're just joining us we've got anna hernando uh erna palanco hernando we'll get the whole name in there um it's a big she, name okay thank you and she's our guest today and if you have any questions for her or any questions in general please by all means post your questions we would love to get to them uh, as they pop up but uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely with you on that reflection piece. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's so it's not, and it's really looking at we all have it. You know, we we all have internal conflict. There's not a person on this planet that doesn't have things that they're masking, right? So the yep. so that's the other thing the masking externally, but masking internally. There's not any one of us that's existing that doesn't have layers of things that they're um, dealing with. And, and many times it's not the time, right? It's, you're not yeah. in, in a space to do it, but it's almost as if, like I said, divine was like, hey, I, we need, before we can evolve even further, we got some cleaning up to do. And as collectively, we need to look inside and say, okay, where can I make shifts within myself to be that best version of myself I can be? And if it, if yeah. I didn't like it, now I have the opportunity. And I'm not saying it made like, oh, I can change my entire job and quit my whole entire career. But finding that something that you enjoy, right? So when you were 18, what did you enjoy? What, yeah. what was fun that you just did for pure pleasure? Yep. Right? <clears throat> And, and aside from the typical things that we think 18 year olds do, but I yeah, mean, yeah, that one, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, that, that if you had, you, you didn't really have to be anywhere. Most people, right. Some people did, but most people. And so it was like, what did you love doing? Was it sleeping in on Saturday? Was it reading a book? Was it baking? Right. What was that thing? And, and this time we had the pause to say, you know what? I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed making crafts and I want to do that again. Or I really enjoyed spending time with my grandmother while she crocheted. I could learn to crochet. But you know, the right? thing is when it comes to, this is my opinion, of course, when it comes to sensitive areas or sensitive topics, I think a lot of people are so very uncomfortable because they're concerned what, uh, concerned with what their friends think or, you know, how does it make them look? And what they don't realize is that we're all the same. We all get baggage. We've all been beat up on psychologically, sometimes physically, uh, verbally, <clears throat> sometimes all of the above. And the thing is, if you expose your personal baggage, the truth of the matter is nobody can experience that for you. No one can live it for you. They may not eat. Well, actually, they cannot fix it for you. You have to be willing to fix your own stuff or allow yourself to be positioned to be uh, helped in any way that you can. But I think that uh, feeling of uh, the need of acceptance that hovers over us and that embarrassment and, you know, what will they think? Or will I be considered a bad person because of something that happened to me? And it's really sad because um, we're more in common than people like to admit. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter where we're from. It doesn't matter how old or short you are. Um, someone is saying online, being comfortable is not your friend. And that is so true. You know, um, yeah. I think the thing about being uncomfortable is that it's part of the design in life. Because if you can master that one particular issue, there's another level of discomfort waiting for you. So just ride it out. And, uh, you know, I know it's hard for some some of us, but learn to ride it out. I don't want to take up all the it's uh, hard. space. It's, it's hard. It's hard for any of us. You know, it, when you say get out of the comfort zone, I, if any of you um, have, I don't even know which channel it's on because, you know, who knows with all the friggin' streaming channels that there are yeah, nowadays. No doubt. Um, but Shia, Shia LaBeouf did oh, yeah. his own little documentary, Honey Boy, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. And there is a quote in there that I absolutely love, and 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 I might not be giving this verbatim, but he said, "A seed has to completely destroy itself 
in order to become the tree. Isn't that and so, oh, my, I even have goosebumps right now just saying it because we we have to we have to destroy all that outer shell, all that um, presentation, all of that fluff in order to really become this blossoming gift that we we're to become. And yeah, it's scary. I believe in scripture you know? even says you should die daily. You know, mm -hmm. but I don't yeah. want to just. Uh, Leo on this all the time. Go, okay, Fit. What else you got for Anna? No problem. So I want you to complete my next question, which is a sentence in your own words. Okay. So I'll give you a couple, and I'll leave the end of it blank. Life, liberty, and blank in your own words as you complete it, as you feel you know you see it best fit. Mm, choice. Life, liberty, and choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. choice okay. choice creates your your choice creates your reality, and um, you know everybody. This comes up from working. I worked in many years in a nursing home as an occupational therapist, and many people don't feel that they have choice. You know, a lot of times patients um, will say, "Well, I don't have a choice. I have to do this." Um, no, you always have choice. You, you might not like the outcome mm -hmm. that's tied to your choice. You might not like the consequence that you're gonna experience because of your choice, but you always have choice and they're your choice to make. So yeah, life, liberty, and choice because that's what creates your reality. I love that she has a different response than I've ever heard before. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one before either. I'm like, okay, I like this one. Mm -hmm. uh, my next question for you, if you could have an alter ego, who would you be or what would you be? It doesn't necessarily have to be something we all know about or we've seen about. It could be something that, you know, helps you. Maybe you like to multitask and you feel like you could use two extra set of arms or you could like have superpowers to fly or you could most be multiplicity or, you know, something along that range. If you could have like an ulcer ego, like who or what would you be? Um, I definitely like more conscious awareness. Definitely, um, and, and we all have it. It's just a matter of listening to it anymore. But when you said alter alter ego, I immediately thought I, I would be Edna Mode from The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Incredibles. Yeah, so I'm a big oh, yeah. Disney. I love I love Disney. I love Pixar, and um, and she's the she's the designer, the creator, who's very eccentric and and okay. eclectic. We got some people that have been responding um, awesome. to the conversation earlier. Um, and one person said, uh, let me just look at it really quickly. They will, they, okay, being comfortable is not your friend. We saw that. Certain things make you complacent. That's for sure. I totally agree with that. Um, but how do we destroy? Do the destroying part. Yeah, how do we do the destroying part? And I think Ooh. it's a, I'm going to let Anna chime in for sure, but I think changing anything is a process. For some of us, it's quicker. Some of us, mm -hmm. obviously, it's slower. Um, and some of us, there's pain. Um, but the most important thing from my perspective, and then I'm going to turn it over to Anna, is that you have to be willing to be honest with you about mm -hmm. what it is. That's just part of it, though. You go for the, the, the gusto, Anna. Yeah. So for, so when somebody says how, well, it, of course, like anything, it is very personal, mm. but to give yourself a glimpse as to how best works for you, how best for you to destroy yourself, <clears throat> how do you take off a bandaid? Mm. Are you someone who just like, <laughs> you know, kind of peels it off? Are you somebody who has to get the bandaid wet a little bit and kind of let it fall off on its own? Or me, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off. Literally. That's rip. me. I'm going to like, let's rip the sucker off. And yep. like, I, I'm not a... Rip it! Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like... my good pain. Day, we're shaking something up, right? Yeah. That's me. And, um, and, and, and what's funny is that's really where I, I, I do well. Like when I'm coaching people, I coach people who are ready to move. Okay. That's why I really coach best. 
and now I can coach others, but if you are somebody who, because that aligns with my energy, mm -hmm. we're going to go. You, yep. you rip that sucker off, you're hemorrhaging, we're going to take care of it, we're going to get down underneath, we're going to make sure there's not adhesions, we're going to clear out the scar tissue, we're going to, you know, irrigate and debride that sucker, and then we're going to rebuild, right? Okay. So, so if you need a little glimpse to you as to how... How do you destroy yourself? Okay, well, look at how you're going to tear off a Band-Aid because that's how you need to nurture yourself. If you're somebody who, you know, doesn't take the Band-Aid off and you let everything on the outside do it for you, then that's letting you know mm. that you let everybody else dictate yep. the pace of your own healing. And I would encourage you then to take a break, go off somewhere, and soak that sucker for an entire weekend, <laughs> you know, or a week. And really take that time for you if you peel it back a little bit then you're going to say okay we're going to start with this and this and this and this and go that way so it's very personal as to how it works works best for you um and just know that every time you peel something back there's something else there because yeah. you've got you've got generational around generational along generational energy being held within your cells that you're clearing you know, you're clearing eons and decades of belief systems yeah. that have been passed down. And so just as you think you've cleared something, there's going to be another one underneath there. And yeah. it's a continual process. Just think about it. You destroyed the seed, but the, the tree is a continual process because it's mm -hmm. continually growing and it's continually um, dropping more seeds. Yeah, so true. What, what did, what did you do that. before coaching? So, uh, funny enough is I, my come up story is, uh, I have my first degree in kinesiology, which, mm. um, I'm so grateful that they changed the name because prior to it was PE. So okay. when I started, when I started, everybody's like, you're getting a degree in physical education. Like you're getting a degree in PE. I'm like, no, right. it's not. So, right. so my first degree is in kinesiology and, um, I have, uh, I have a sister that has cerebral palsy epilepsy and um is um, um has had a lot of strokes in her doll life and so um i grew up with that we would go to therapy and everything yeah. and so um, when i got my first degree i thought i was going to go into physical therapy school and i applied to physical therapy school and i went to work for a physical therapist because that's part of getting back then part of getting to school you had to put in the hours and i realized that i didn't want to do that and um so i went into occupational therapy school which we are very much part of the same departments in rehab and hospitals and things. But occupational therapists, we actually get psychosocial training. We actually have psychology classes. Mm. We have spiritual and belief classes and nice. we have, and we have physical dysfunction. So we are really what we tell people holistic because we get all components of a person is what we study. Physical therapy is more really it's, physical. Okay. And so that's kind of where, I, and so I've been a therapist for 23 years. Wow. And, um, went back you look about 23 my, years old. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Definitely. Yeah. So I, and so I've done a lot in 23 years. I've worked in nursing homes. I've worked in home health. I've worked um, in um, inpatient rehab, <laughs> orthopedic rehab, brain injury, children on the spectrum, autism spectrum. Mm. Um, I actually had a practice where I specialized in that. And that's where my wellness started to come into place. Um, I started, I had a um, practice that I specialized in a treatment for children on the spectrum that was like nothing else that was going on at the time. It was about right. 12 years ago. And the treatment was in a dark room, pitch black mm. room. The child is laying on a bed, a twin size bed. They're listening to, and you'll know this child, the binaural modulated music, which mm -hmm. 12 years ago, people were like, what? You know, yeah. for those of you who don't know, it sounds like the record skipping, <laughs> like somebody's literally skipping the record. Um, and then it also used what's called syntonic light frequencies. And so they're in this pitch black room, they're on this bed and this bed moves and all they see is this light. Well, to them, it looks like the light's moving, but the bed is actually moving. And the brain is getting reprogrammed at the very basic autonomic wow. nervous system level. That's interesting. And, and it's fascinating. It's actually a beautiful treatment. Anybody can do it. Anybody can get this treatment done. But it was a it was a 12-day 
treatment every day and um with some amazing results but it was pre i'm going to say at the end of the 12 days like what kind of results do you normally expect or so are you after moving the, towards yeah so after the 12 <clears throat> days in the clinic then they do the rest for the rest of the 18 days at home so it's a 30-day treatment but they do the rest of the days at home and it's more meditative Okay. So they would get this syntonic light frequency and have to go in the dark closet and they would sit with this light and we would tell a parent to be in there with them. <clears throat> so it's almost like a rebonding, reattachment, yeah. um, gets that um, re relaxation response to calm down. And that's really when the body gets to heal. And so um, we were doing that. And But this was, this was, you know, people didn't want an autism diagnosis 12 years ago. Insurance wasn't paying for a diagnosis. Um, doctors wouldn't even tell parents. So, so I ended up closing after two years and I treated, uh, I treated 75 kids and we would get phenomenal results. Like I would have kids that were, um, testing at, you know, like a three-year-old level, get up to age level in wow. 30 days. Okay. Okay. Um, be because of the way that it was working, it was really working that the basic parts of the brain's, the sensory now, system. Have you written a book about this or something? I have not. Um, I have I have a children's book that I'm in process. Of. The illustrator sent me the pictures, and, and we're going to color it up. Um, but I, I haven't written a, a book on the actual process. The people who create it, and I have to give props to them. If any of you are listening and you're interested, it's called the Sensory Learning Institute. Um, it's out of Colorado, and there are locations across the world um, where you could get this this treatment. It's cash based. Don't ask about insurance. It's okay. cash based. Um, but rightfully so. If you're getting these kind of results, it's worth every penny. It really wow. is. Wow, that's interesting. Um, um, but I ended up closing uh, my doors. I brought it in home. I worked at it for another year, and then I just I I stopped because it gave me more awareness on where my purpose was better suited. Okay. Um, and that's when my wellness started because I connected with a, a, a he's a neuro immunologist doctor mm. in Austin and he 12 years ago was doing amazing things he was testing people with a complete battery of testing which is kind of what you would get if you were gonna go get a complete AIDS workup um, which they don't just order that test but that test tells you everything about your autoimmune system wow, you know? okay and he would do IQ testing and concussion testing, even if you didn't think you ever had a concussion, but he was looking at so many things. And his name is Dr. Kendall Stewart. And he was putting kids on antiviral medications and he was doing methylated vitamin B. This is 12 years ago. People thought he was mad and thought I was nuts for listening to him. Um, but he was recognizing that genes were mutating and mm -hmm. our bodies are not absorbing and making and utilizing the um, nutrients the way that it's meant because our genes have mutated. Okay. And so- Is that um, just everyday people or uh, yeah, it's everyday. Oh, it's, really? It's everyday people, but very profound <clears throat> in, in children on the spectrum. Okay. Um, so it, basically, if you can think of having a toxicity bucket, everybody mm -hmm. has a toxic bucket, right? And and a lot of the kids that he was recognizing that have um, that are on the spectrum, their toxicity bucket was so full that it was just like overflowing. Wow. So he's clearing out all this stuff and then repairing the nerve cells that were damaged because of toxicity. And he was doing this 12 years ago. And that's really when I started getting into like, okay, tell me about this vitamin. Okay, now where do I get this? And um, so okay, do you do any kind of um, therapy that is loosely or fully based on nutrition? So what I do is I, with my coaching and my wellness coaching is I look at what my, what my coaching client is interested in. And then we focus on their goals, but then I work in the whole life part, right? Most people who want to do wellness coaching, they want to lose weight. Okay. And, they, and people focus on that all the time. And it's not all—it's not about weight. It's about inflammation, right? It's your body is inflamed. Mucus and is the you only have, disease. And 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 that's what creates disease. Yeah. And so so you can be whatever size, but you you want to look at inflammation. And so what are you? What foods are contributing to your inflammation? 
what um, what lack of movement is contributing to your inflammation, what right. stress is contributing to your inflammation, oh, and then yeah. looking at, at those things because stress. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you right now. I don't uh, probably butcher his name, but he it, it's um. He's a neuro doctor out in out of California. He wrote a book, good book, long book. Why zebras don't get ulcers? Why zebras don't get ulcers? And he says, you know, it's we know this. Stress is the catalyst to all chronic diseases. Wow. So if we focus on what's causing the stress and inflammation, we get rid of the chronic diseases. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what were some, I mean, I guess it's all about the come up story. So let me just ask, what were some of your toughest challenges coming up as a kid? Mm. Wow. So people will look at, oh, great. Everybody has a story. People look at me and go like, God, she couldn't have any, any problems, any right. stuff. Well, I didn't meet my dad till I was two because he was stationed in Japan and my okay. mom was I have a sister that, you know, has epilepsy, cerebral palsy. So we went all over the place <clears throat> to help her with her, her therapy. And, um, then I myself, um, uh, have dyslexia. So I'm, I, guess you're I don't like to say I have dyslexia. I've have, you know, I show signs of dyslexia. So I've had to get over all of that stuff. And this is a time in the seventies. People, you know, dyslexia wasn't a thing. And you certainly, and, and of course, my sister had so many issues. I didn't want to add something to my mom, right? So I had to figure out on my, uh, what worked for me and how I could retain information. And then it actually became, you know, like a challenge, right? Challenge accepted. I wasn't going to let it be a, uh, a crutch. It was going to be like, no, I'm going to do this. And so... I just, that was a big, a big thing. And, um, I, you know, kind of in close quarters, everybody thought, why my parents would be like, she's in a room reading. I'm like, yeah, cause I have to read the same stuff over and again for it to sink in. And I would write it out over and over. So it would sink into my brain. So I had that, we moved around a lot, a lot. Um, when I told you, I went back to El Paso in third grade, when I was in third grade, my sister and I needed to live with my, um, grandparents. Uh, my dad was stationed in um, Okinawa and mm. my mom had gotten extremely sick mm. and um, my mom had to send us to go live with my grandparents and um, you know this is we didn't have cell phones we didn't have all that stuff so we got a phone call once a week on Sunday from my mom you know and that's very challenging and, and every person sees an event differently and we talked about trauma and for my yeah. sister is extremely my sister I love her dearly and it was extremely traumatic because there's a sense of abandonment right and for me I, I didn't have a sense of abandonment um I you know I was just like I kind of kind of knew what was going on with my mom so I was like no this is where we have to live and no I don't like it but I mean it's cool you know wow um, you probably so were we ahead, of, ahead of your um of your time as, as a as a youngster uh, meaning that you were able to I guess put that drama or trauma, however you viewed it, mm -hmm. in its right compartment so that you can still function, quote unquote, normally, you know? Right, right. right. And again, it's that not wanting to put the burden <clears throat> on, it's an, un, I, why don't we want to put an undue burden on them? They're already dealing with enough crap. I don't want to add to their stuff. I can, I can figure this out. I can do all that kind of stuff. So very much independent. I tell people all the time, I'm from Texas. I got strong Texas women in me. My grandparents, I have grandparents, from Ireland and grandparents from um, Mexico. And you put those two together and God help you. It's <laughs> <I mean, laughs> all good. Okay, Fit, yeah. what, what, what are the questions you ha we have for uh, Anna? So I would like to know, do you ever feel that, you know, you missed your calling? Um, I know I just heard the backstory with the family, but did you ever, you know, think that there was something else that you really wanted to do that you really were also just as passionately inspired to do? Or did you know it was going to be this? And that was it. There was no second else. Oh, no, honey. I went to school for fashion design. <laughs> mm, okay. When I was in high school, I had a 
subscription to Vogue. I had all the pictures up. I made my own prom dress. I mean, I was like all on it. And I actually went to Baylor wow. University. I went to Baylor University for fashion. And I got a 1.7 GPA my freshman year, my freshman, uh, my first year. And I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And I went home and um, one of my friends was in a really bad motorcycle accident. Mm. And um, at that time it, it was called, a, it's called an external fixator. Um, now they're kind of popular or not popular. God, I hope they're not popular, but common is where you see somebody with screws. They'll have screws and they'll have yeah. these round yeah. things. Okay. That's called an external fixator. And, um, so he had, he had that on his leg, his entire leg. And, um, everybody was concerned about his physical components and exercises. And that's when, you know, the emotional part took a toll. And I went back and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this PT route, right? I'm going to go kinesiology. And then and that, so that's when I realized that fashion was not for me at all. And uh, my, my kids will tell you that now because my daughter is like, what are you wearing? I'm like, you know, I used to. This used to be, I used to know a couple of things, you know. Right. Oh, Folks, wow. if you're just joining us, this is What's Your Come Up Story. We're here with Anna Hernando, and she's telling you her come up story. Uh, she's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations and shifts, as we all have. But I want to encourage you to ask questions, make comments, and we'd love to answer you in real time. Or if you're watching the replay, hashtag replay, we'll get back to you and uh, fill in the blanks accordingly. So, Kate Fit, what else do we have for Anna? So I want to know, what, are you, what is your greatest strength? Mm, I would have to say, well, I'm a tough lover. I mean, like tough love. Like I'm very compassionate, but I'm going to let you own your stuff. Mm. Um, and, and so this is something that a lot of people don't, don't seem to understand is that when, you know, we have trauma, we have experience, um, and, and we're dealing with it. And, um, you know, the second somebody comes in and puts their arm around you and says, it's going to be okay, even though that's what you want to hear, I need to let you process it all the way. I, I need to let you go all the way through yep. and have every bit of that emotion and empower you. Because the second I come in, I'm taking your power back. And so... I've, I've been known to be like, yeah, um, here's a, here's a box of tissue. Cry all you want. Cry all you want. I do not judge you. In fact, I feel like let it all out. Say what you want to say. Do how you want to do it. <sighs> feel better? Now we can. Now what's our next? Now it's work. Now it's work. I got a you know, thing I, I tell people. I said, listen, it's really about being open, honest, clear, and direct. And I know mm -hmm. sometimes people want to either... And they maybe justifiably so want to sit on the pity pot or they want support and you should have support. I think everyone should have support, but you don't want to keep reliving the same drama, the same trauma. See, at a point you have to look and say, is it me or am I causing this or am I doing enough to prevent this? And if you can never do any of those things, then you really aren't participating in your own rescue. And mm -hmm. I know everyone's not strong-willed or strong-minded. I got that. But how many times do you need the door to close on you or close in your face before you get the clue there's something different you need to do? So Yeah. And I recently discovered Eric Thomas. I don't know much mm -hmm. of his story. The hip-hop I don't know much yeah. of his story. Oh, is he? Yeah. I, I just... I listen to stuff when I'm at the gym, right? So I, I love his stuff. He said... Um, I just listened to something he said this week, past week, and he said, it's not about the hand that you're dealt. It's about how you play the hand. And so with that, I'm not, I'm, we all have things. We, we all have. And one of my, uh, I heard somebody else a long time ago, and I wish I knew who, who really was the original sayer of it. But they said, um, trauma is, is any event that causes us to question our lovability. And if we have that, we all experience trauma at different levels and we yeah. all have it. The thing is, is that what do you, you want to do about it now? Yeah. I have it. It happened. 
I'm having all the feels, I'm angry, I'm pissed, I'm, I wish this, da, 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 I wish I could have done this, I wanted it. And now rewrite the story. Yeah. Rewrite the story and have it the way you want. What do you want to do about it now? Yeah. Because we can't do about it then. Right. What do we want to do about it now? You know, for sure. Okay, fit. Nice. Definitely. So my next question for you, um, do you have a fondest memory that carries with you to this day that keeps you going? Do you have some of those, you know, old school things that you remember from the past that just keeps you super motivated throughout life? And it's just that one thing that you reflect on and it's just, it's like your energy buzzer. Yeah. 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 The thing that when I'm like needing to go, like go, <clears throat> I just remember that I'm, somebody's done it before. Almost anything that's on this planet, somebody's done it before. I would love to say my fondest memories are when my children were born. You know, of course, those are definitely things that carry you through. Mm -hmm. But it's really, it's really about, I mean, I'm, we're, we, not just me, but we're here for something. And even if it's to leave, the, leave it a little bit better, to contribute to the expansion of consciousness, to, to connect with whomever, however, and, and be an invitation to change, be an invitation to evolve, um, because that's what we're here, right? We're evolving. Yep. But for me, anything that I get, something that's challenging in front of me, I, I, somebody's had to have done this before. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's done this before, that means I can do it. Yeah. Right. Good point. You know? Good point. Mm -hmm. What else you got, sure. K-Fit? Any weaknesses you would like to share? I know that's a tough one oh, for some people. Like, I'm strong. There are no weaknesses. <laughs> I have weaknesses. <laughs> I get up and work out, but, man, I, would love, I hit the snooze button. I'm not going to lie. You know? Um, <laughs> no doubt. I'm sure. You know? Um, I, my my uh, Food-wise, I love cake. I love cake. And I'm talking about, like, the really kind, like, mm, really good Homemade cake. Homemade from scratch. Oh, oh, boy. Like, uh, yeah, mm, good cake, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We okay. couldn't hang out. We couldn't hang out at the dinner table then. Oh, we made you. I couldn't wait for dessert. Right. Mm -mm. I know. I feel guilty hanging out with y'all like, oh, this is not good for my diet at all. Mm -mm. This oh. ain't going to work. And that's and then that's the thing though. If I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh no, we're not inhaling this. We're gonna sit down. It's gonna be on a pretty plate. We're getting the big girl fork out, and we are." Like, oh. I want some with ice cream and some without. Yeah, yeah. I want. Mm. And I want to have a taste of this one and a taste of that one. No, and yeah. you know, um, but I, I would, you know, I'm still working on a lot of things. I I work on judgment. Of, of myself, yeah. of others. I sure. mean, um, and, and I'm in this place of discerning over, am I judging, am I judging somebody or is it my awareness? I'm in this part right now where I'll hear some, I'll have a thought. And I'm, I'm I actually was talking to one of my coaches today about that of, of, am I, is it a judgment thought or is this an awareness thought? And um, she was helping me. Yeah. She was helping me see the difference. Whereas a judgment has a, a, a condemnation to it. And awareness yeah. is just a, a statement, right? So, so I'm really working um, on that. I'm working on definitely forgiveness. Oh, yeah. You know, every day is a forgiveness thing for my. I think myself. there's an indirect relationship with that, you know, as far as the judgment per perspective and the forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness of others, as well as the forgiveness of self, you know, because I know for myself. Mm -hmm. um, if I truly, I have this thing in one of my books, I write about critical in-depth analysis. And when I really look at it and break it down to the uh, bottom line, you know, the core denominator, it's like, okay, you were thinking in this specific way and that's not really how you are as a person. And mm -hmm. I don't feel good about when I really find myself not walking the walk or talking the talk. So sometimes I just have to reflect, going back to that word from earlier, reflect on the inside and ask for forgiveness um, in my medit meditative state and knowing that that's not who you really are. Whatever reason you were doing that, you know, 
try not to do that anymore. Be mindful to not allow yourself to easily gravitate down that street or that path. So it can be difficult. It can be difficult with all the negativity in the world. And intention is the big part is, is staying mindful of what is my intention now? Cause none of us can be responsible for how somebody else reacts to our statement, our conversation, our body language, yeah. but wh- what is my intention behind it? And, and that's something that I, I work on. Right. And it's really a lot more challenging nowadays with technology because people don't understand, like your intention gets so, um, there's so much static in between your intention and what comes across, like with the text messages or yeah. the emoji, like you text them, you hit emoji and it's the wrong one. And it was right. the rolling eyes one instead of the blushing one. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, Oh, I didn't mean to send that one. I'm so sorry. Right. So really being mindful of, of the intention of it. And, um, I'm, I'm, you know, love to read my books. I I'm getting my PhD right now. I'm working on getting oh, wow. my PhD. Woo-hoo! I don't know nice. what I was thinking, honestly. <laughs> I was in that comfort zone, and I thought I need to be uncomfortable. So I got I you. I got you. Of- yeah, I um, um I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. I think that um, people undervalue being still. Uh, I do know mm-hmm. that you can't be still too much or too often because you you can become complacent and in a state of nothingness you know, being non-productive and so forth and so on. But as it relates to social media, uh, I wanted to ask you this because for me, you know, you're a business owner, I'm a business owner, a K fits a business owner. So we have to have a certain presence. But every now and then, I honestly get my feel of social media and I'm like, give me a break. You know, mm-hmm. so I do, uh, I'll take 48 hours off. I'll take 24 hours off. But now it's hard because I got a few things in the works, but um, I just find that um, sometimes social media is not our best friend, you know, especially with all the distractions. So mm-hmm. are you a avid social media person or do you kind of like step back from it from time to time? What's your perspective on social media? So I, uh, I coach my, my, business clients in the same way. And, and I do this well, is that um, I'll set times and I even told my son, I'm gonna, this month I've decided I'm not using social media on my cell phone. So it's only gonna be on my computer. Right. And that way I have a, I've created a boundary. But I tell my clients, it is a distractor. It's a huge distractor. So yep. when you get on, you have to be, what's my intention of getting on right now? Yeah. Right. Am I checking in with family? Because I've connected with family that I haven't spoken to in years because of social media. And I love that. Like I have cousins in Mexico. I have cousins in West Virginia and Georgia. And 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 so we we've connected in North Carolina. We've connected on social media. And I love that. I love seeing what their kids are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do a quick family scroll. Hi, 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 hi. And then move it on. And then this is the time I'm doing my business. And then I'm off. Like, I'm not on it as much as everybody thinks that I'm on it. You know, and I don't. It's a relief when you're not on it, to be honest with you. Okay, let me tell you how bad it is. My husband husband and I were at dinner. And I don't, I don't, I know some people might get some flack. I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Negative energy. It's very um, negative. It's also you know, same thing with social media. It's just showing you what they want. People want you to see it's programming you. And, you know, I, I control what goes in my mind. And so, um, so I was out to dinner with my husband and I looked at him and I said, Hey, did, um, did you know that Alex Rodriguez, Alex and JLo broke up and he starts okay. laughing at me. And I was like, what? And he said, Oh babe, that was a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and I just like, and I was like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't. Because I can't do a lot of things about it. And that's where a lot of anxiety comes from. People people watch a lot of um, things that, that they don't have control over. Yeah. Right? They don't have control over. And, um, you know, I have family members that are very passionate about the elections and this and that. And I'm like, 
I voted, I no longer have control. Yeah. <laughs> like, like my, I voted, and that's the way it was. Right. And I have no control over what the person who Does in any office. Do. Yeah, yeah. Lo- I local you. here, I, I don't, right? Um, and I say I don't because I've been very passionate with my senators and congressmen and voicing my opinion, and I get the chain mail. Yeah. So knowing that I get the chain email it tells me that I have no, like, they're done with me. Oh, yeah, they they, they're not connected to us. That's the same thing they're with, yeah. I think, Hope, uh, Governor Hogan here in Maryland, when he first uh, it was announced that he had cancer, same as mine, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I reached mm-hmm. out. I got the format letter. I was like, oh, well, okay. I did my yeah. part. I made the effort. Yeah, and, and so knowing that, right, knowing that, um, and knowing that media, I don't care what side you broke to, media is all about the shiny penny and selling. Yeah, so it is. So whatever is going to sell is, right, that old saying, if it, leads, if it bleeds, it leads, right? It's a, yeah. And so knowing that, I don't want them to program my thoughts, my mind, and in my conversations. So, you know, I read a lot of, and being in a PhD, it's, I get a lot of research. I, I, if I want to know something in a dinner conversation, I just go to the library. Libraries are so cool now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Kavit, you look very young. So you probably, you probably have grown up with this kind of library. But when I went to school, the library had a filing cabinet with these little teeny boxes that you had to like go like this. Dewey to file find or something? I forgot the name. I forgot the name and of those. Yeah. The Dewey Decimal System. Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. And then you had to take the little numbers, and then you had to go find it on the shelf. Yeah. So, so this whole mm. thing of like I can type into Google Scholar and go and boom, yeah, the article shows up. It's like Christmas every day for me. I know. Look, I'm the same way with YouTube, whether it's music, motivation, Jay Shetty, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, it's just like right there at my fingertips. And uh, even the audio books, you know, it's like, man, this is amazing. It's, It's the information. It's there. And I grew up with my, you know, my dad would tell us, if there's something you want to know, go find it in a book. Yeah. It, there, books are everywhere, and, and if there's something you want to know, go find it in the book. And if you can't find the book on it, that's the something you're supposed to write the book on. Mm, okay. Oh, I love that. Ooh. That, yeah. That's We've been waiting that was, for that the whole show. That's the moment right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that was my dad. He would say, you know. And so um, if I have to tell somebody, do I have an addiction? Yes, it's books. Like, I can't go a week not ordering a book from Amazon. Like, I can't. And some of the books, I almost feel like I'm going to be, I'm the book of Eli because <laughs> I'm going to be the one that has all the books on the book order. <laughs> so talking about books, when is your book uh, scheduled to be completed? Or do you have a date? Oh, I don't have a date yet. So I have a couple of books that I've, like, I've got one book. It's called Jazz the Spaz. That's on Amazon, and that book um, that you've written vignette. already. Yes. Oh, yes. nice. It's a little. It's a little vignette. It's a little book of vignettes about my dog, um, and one of my um, patients back when I was working with the children with autism, he he would always get extremely stressed out. And moving the clinic to my home worked a lot better because it, it wasn't a white coat. You know, a lot of people get white coat syndrome, which is where sure. they're coming to a doctor and the stress and anxiety. And so coming to my home, he, they were coming for a play date. <laughs> I gotta okay. go play, you know? Okay, okay. And he would hear my dog and it would freak him out. So I would tell him these stories about my dog. And they were true stories. They were things that happened to my dog. And so um, he would, he memorized them. And so really? he, his, his parents would tell me, oh, guess what? We heard all about Jazz and the Skunk last night, all night long, you know? And so, um, so I actually put them in a little book and self-published on Amazon and then, nice. you know, put that out. and then this past year I had to put my dog down and, oh. um, yeah. So now, any, now when, um, they, anybody buys the book and then Amazon sends me the thing, I send it to the pound, to the, to the animal okay. shelter. So, and what's so your other can, book? And then I, I was in a compilation book that was, um, God, it was been a long time ago and okay. I'll have to think of it because it. it was a compilation there's a bunch of other words and it was really about the law of attraction mm. and um which is kind of a 
you know, people think the law of attraction is just, nah, and it shows up. Right. And, and it's not. It's not. It, it really is about a lot of the things that we're talking about. It's getting everything in alignment. Your And it's coming from your soul and getting everything in alignment and making sure everything um, comes together. And so it did that. And then the book that I'm working on, and I say working on it because I just, I have the illustrations, the illustrator, amazing, young, gifted gentleman, great, but I have to color them and that's taking me a lot longer. <laughs> um, and it's really about uh, how I grew up with my mom. So we talked a little bit about my dad. My mom is uh, very, uh, very much ahead of her time. She was very much ahead of her time. And she would uh, tell us that can't isn't a word, right? Mm. Um, and we would ask her, whenever we would ask my mom something, or whenever we did something my mother didn't like, mm -hmm. uh, she had two forms of punishment. One was to uh, stand in the corner with your nose in the corner. That was one. Old school. And yeah. Oh, and if my sister and I fought, we had to stand facing each other, nose to nose. So guess how many times we fought? <laughs> Not many. This ain't happening. Um, oh, no. Um, but her other one, which was her favorite, was writing. Okay. And so we would have to write lines. And so um, this book is about programming. And so what happens is, and this was from my mom, is that we would ask, can I go do something like you know can I go swimming and my mom would say I don't know can you right and she would say you can't you may go swimming after you write may I go swimming a hundred times Wow. so we would have to sit at the kitchen table and write and you know of course my friends were like what's the matter with you but yeah. I get what she was doing right so what she was doing is it, it really is about words and words have power and when you're when you're saying to someone can I do this? You're asking someone else if you ability. have the ability. Yeah. You're letting somebody else dictate your capacity. Yeah. Versus may I. Yep. May I is asking permission. Right. Right? Do I have your permission to do this? And permission is different than ability. Yes, it is. And it's very profound. And if you hear people nowadays, you hear kids, I can I do this? Can I do that? I can't do that. I can't do this. We are starting the limitations so early. We're putting that lid on people so mm -hmm. early because of one word. And using words interchangeably out of context. Yep. Constantly. So, so it's a children's book and it's along those lines. And so um, I, I had it on my, it's been on the back burner for a while and it's been getting come together now with like a mindfulness thing, right? I should color and things and- Well, we're gonna um, do a GoFundMe yeah. for you for so you can get some crayons, <laughs> so you can finish your book. <laughs> that book gotta I need get to out. Have a color, I need to have a coloring party, right? I need to have like, I need to send everybody pages and like pencils and be like, hey, you color these two, well, however you want them to be, right? I'm curious though, do you color with pencils, crayons, markers? How do you color? In this book, I use the color pencils, which okay. takes a long time because you have to sharpen them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Right. Well, before, we, before we yeah, close sorry. that's okay. Before we close right. out, uh, Kate Fit, I want to uh, see if she had any other questions for you, a lasting question, and then we want to find out how to get in touch with you and uh, if you have any events or anything coming up. Yeah. Okay, so my last question for you is, is there a difference to you between professional and personal development? Ooh, not to me. I think they're both okay. the same. Because you can't okay. develop, you can't develop professionally if you don't develop personally. You just can't. And, and it really all starts <laughs> with personal development. Yeah, everything is everything is personal development. And, uh, and my PhD is on moral distress. And the, and the occupational therapist. So mm. probably, uh, most likely, when I finish that, that's that's when I'll I'll do a real big thing on on moral distress. And, and moral distress is where uh, there's lots of different definitions, but the way I define it is when your internal self is conflicting with the environment that you're in, um, and you have to abide by that, big for your paycheck or whatever. Man. And it's constraining you, and it's causing you such distress that it's now manifesting itself physically in your body. It's a good thing body. you brought that up at the end because we could talk about that all day. I would love to have mm -hmm. a conversation about that. That's so uh, fascinating. Wow. Well, we'll do it again sometime. 
Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Interesting topic. So how can people contact you? And uh, do you have anything in particular coming up, whether it's, I know your book is coming once you fin finish the illustrations, but you have a speaking engagement or you're doing a, a workshop, a webinar, anything, whatever you have going on, let us know. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that I have going on right now is specifically for occupational therapists. I do have a lot of professional development courses, um, and they're online. And I'm in the process of building one that's going to be live that I haven't completed yet. So okay. I've got a lot of things that are in the works. Right. Um, you, you know, if anybody wants to check out my stuff, my website is doctor, spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-A-N-A.net. And you can check me out there. You can find me on in any of the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter not very much, but mostly Facebook, and I do some Instagram. But definitely LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, I just love to help people. I'm here to contribute to expand the consciousness and really help people um, heal themselves, really, you know? Your friend Kay says she would love to hear a conversation on, on moral distress uh, Kate, you and uh -huh. I both, I would love to hear it, be a part of it. And um, I think we're going to make that happen some kind of way. I'm going to bother Anna until we can figure a way of making it interesting for the masses. Awesome. So with that being said, folks, you know how we do it. Every Thursday, 7 p.m., there's always something going on at Change the Brain. It's all about what's your come up story. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this program. And again, if you have any questions, please Feel free to put your questions in the feed. We'll get back to you, uh, and I'll get back to you. And uh, thanks again, Anna, for sharing your time. And until the next time, you got to radiate the brain and change the game. Thank you. Bye, Kate.